In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, our Holy Mother, the Catholic Church, offers to us today a passage from the Gospel of St. John for our consideration. It is taken from the last verses of chapter 4. Let us replace this passage in the context of the fourth gospel to better understand its meaning. After having gone to Jerusalem, therefore to the region known as Judea, for the feast of the Passover, our Lord sets out again for his homeland, where he spent the greater part of his hidden life in Galilee. But as anyone knowledgeable of Palestinian geography would tell you, to go from Judea, which is in the south, to Galilee in the north, you have to cross Samaria, the country of those schismatic Jews, one might say, who did not come to worship in the temple in person in Jerusalem, but had erected their own sanctuary on one of their mountains, Mount Gerizim. Crossing Samaria, therefore, at Jacob's well, our Lord meets the Samaritan woman who believes in him, subsequently becoming his apostle to the other inhabitants of the country. Thanks to her, many come to Christ and end up believing in him. St. John tells us, in fact, so when the Samaritans were come to him, they desired that he would tarry there, and he abode there two days. And many more believed in him because of his own work. And they said to the woman, We believe now, not for thy saying, for we have ourselves heard him, and know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. Our Lord therefore arrives in Galilee. Now, the evangelist continues, there was a certain ruler whose son was sick at Capernaum. He, having heard that Jesus was come from Judea into Galilee, went to him and prayed him to come down and to heal his son, for he was at the point of death. At first glance, this man's actions seem good, even praiseworthy. Like a caring father concerned for the good of his children, he seeks the remedy for his sick son. This seems to be a rather reasonable request. Our Lord's response strikes us then by its apparent harshness. Unless you see signs and wonders, you believe not. Is not our Lord too severe with this good Father, who came to seek the help of the divine wonder worker for his beloved Son? Why was Jesus in such a hurry to go to heal the excuse me to go to the centurion to heal a simple servant, where he reprimands this royal officer here, worried about the fate of his son? To answer, one can do no better than to quote what Saint Augustine says about this passage. This man who prayed to him, he writes, did he not believe? What answer do you expect from me? Ask the Lord to find out what he thought of him. He answered indeed to such a prayer, if you do not see signs and wonders, you do not believe. He manifests that this man has only a lukewarm or cold faith, or that he is totally lacking in faith, but that on the occasion of his son's health, he seeks to know what Christ is, who he is, and what he is capable of. We heard the words of the one who asked, we did not see the heart of he who doubted, but the one, as to say Christ, who spoke, heard his words, and searched his heart. And St. Thomas Aquinas tells us in his commentary on the Gospel of St. John, this royal officer did not yet believe in two ways. His faith was deficient in two ways. First, while believing, because while believing that Christ was a good man, he nevertheless did not believe in his divine power. Otherwise, he would have believed that even absent, Jesus could heal, since God is everywhere present. And so, he would not have asked him to come down to his house, but only to give an order, as the centurion did. Second, his faith was imperfect in the sense that, according to St. John Chrysostom, he doubted that Christ could heal his son. If he had held it for certain, he would not have waited for the coming of Christ to his own country, 
but rather would have gone to Judea, Judea himself. But when he came to despair of the recovery of his son, and not wanting to neglect anything he could do, he went to find Jesus, like those parents who, despairing of saving their children, go to consult even incompetent doctors. Very well, but what can we learn from this? Well, let's take a closer look at the actions of our Lord, because he is the one who searches the heart, and he sees what motivates this officer, who seeks above all a favor without believing in Christ's divinity and his messianic mission. But he also sees the beginnings of an still imperfect faith, some glimmers of goodwill, and he sets about purifying and increasing that faith. Let us adore this God-man, who instead of staying with great honor among the Samaritans who believed in him as a savior, heads for Galilee, his country of childhood, knowing that a prophet is not honored in his own homeland in order to preach the kingdom of God there and to bring men like this officer to the knowledge of the truth and of the life. Jesus reproves this man, but it is a reprimand full of divine delicacy that leads the offer, excuse me, leads the officer to reformulate his prayer by addressing it to him as Lord. Christ then grants the Father what he asks to further increase his faith. But returning home, the man meets his servants who have come to find him to announce the healing of his son. His faith is still imperfect. He still leaves some doubt until the moment when, inquiring about the exact time of his sudden recovery of his son, he and his whole household believe. We must conclude from this, St. Bede, the Venerable tells us, that there are degrees in the faith, as in the other virtues, which have their beginning, their progress, and their perfection. The faith of this officer was at its beginning when he came to ask for the healing of his son. It grew when he believed the word of the Lord who said to him, Your son is healed, and it achieved its perfection when his servants confirmed to him the healing of his son. What do we see, dear faithful, when we examine our own faith? Is it the faith of the officer when he came to find Jesus, an imperfect, incomplete, self-interested faith? Let us ask the gentle Savior to heal our sick souls, and let us ask him, through constant prayer, that he purify, increase, and perfect our faith. Let us ask again that he penetrate our whole being with a spirit of lively and prompt faith, a spirit which sees the providential and merciful action of God in every circumstance of our daily life. Our faith teaches us that God is omniscient and almighty. He knew from all eternity that we would find ourselves in the midst of an ecclesial nation and worldwide crisis. A crisis of faith, of morals, of common sense, and decency. He knew from all eternity all the difficulties of family and occupation that we see and encounter each and every day. All this God knows and he allows because he wants to bring us to a more perfect faith. So be faithful, let us accept it in the spirit of faith, all that happens to us daily, practicing that divine uh, resignation to the will of God that St. Francis de Sales loves to preach, especially when it is painful and difficult, knowing by the divine light of faith that it is the very adorable and holy will of God which be, is being accomplished. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>